0: what we've done all along and the only difference is going to be that most times pastor comes he talks for 90% of the time and then we contribute about 10% tonight it's going to be 50-50 so I'm going to speak for you know just a little part of the time and you're going to be doing a lot so ushers instead of two microphone going around it's going to be three I know most people in church so if you're not raising up your hands I'll call you to speak so, if you look at that, um, you know, the title of our message tonight, it says that um, God's trustees. And also, it's a good interlude because, you know, sometimes you want to have a little break from those deep teaching. You know, we've been doing John, and pastor has been going so deep. Um, Jesus Christ knew his disciples before he chose them. Um, Salome, John is his cousin, and all kind of things. that you get, you get homework, you might not even finish in a week before you come back. So today, it's good to have an interlude, right? It's part of of freedom, freedom from deep teaching. So today, we're just going to have, you know, simple, so don't be too um, expectant. Um, I had previous information that pastor was traveling, and I'll tell you something tonight. It's an honor and it's a privilege to be here, to be part of this assembly, and also even to be here talking and teaching. I mean, don't, don't take that away. But when I knew that he was traveling, so on Sunday after the PPP, after the, um, the PPP. I didn't go to say hello to him so that, you know, he wouldn't even remember if I would be taking any of these. So, I didn't bother to go say hello to him. And when he left, I didn't send him a message. But guess what? I could only run, but I couldn't hide. He didn't call me. He didn't send me a message. He sent a top party to tell me that, he actually sent my wife that you are taking tribes. So, that's how I find myself. So, if you are new here, I'm not the pastor of the church. My name is Jida Adele. The pastor of the church is Ulufemi Munei. So, you are welcome. And we welcome you better when you come on Sunday. So, trustees is a word that is not commonly used in the Bible. If you go through the entire Bible, you know, actually went through 12 transla- went through a lot of translations, and he only appeared 12 times in three of the translations. So, it's not something that is commonly used in the Bible. But having said that, you know, we're in a world where um, you have what they call board of, thru- board of trustees. You will ha- you, it's typical, it's, it's very typical for you to have. You know, if you have a company, you have the CEO, you have the chairman. Most times in this part of the world, the chairman of the company they don't go to work on daily basis. They are just there to help. You know, if they have influence with those people, are usually influential with government, with tax authority, and all that. That's what they do. But in another type of part of the world, if I one of the, the biggest corporation in the world, you know, the CEO. It's also the chairman he goes to work but having said that they still have a board you know most of the board members are the owners and so so they are they are the one making decisions so you can call them trustees as well so tonight we're looking at god's trustees and who are these people you know what 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 is a trustee who can you call a trustee so we're going to start from the from from by saying that you know by show of hand i just need two or three people when you hear the word trustee what does it mean to you quickly if you hear the word trustee what is the other you know what does it mean what what what's the other translation that you put to it i just need two or three people otherwise i'm going to be calling anyone anyone wants to go when you hear the word trustee what does what what comes to mind okay go ahead good evening sir hello um
1: when i hear the word trustee i think of a custodian someone who you place who you trust and you put in custody of um maybe it could be anything uh goods, products, it can even be a person. You know, in another context, you can say a Bailey, someone who holds something in trust for you.
0: Fantastic. And that's correct. Let's give a, let's give a round of applause. So, I have in my notes, anybody else, anybody else, trustee? Anybody else? I'm going to call you people now and I'll start from home. So, anybody else? (laughs) You know, this, charity needs to begin in the house, right? So, so please give it to my wife. Let her tell me what she understand by trustee. She hasn't seen my notes. And then somebody here please. There's someone else here.
1: Praise the lord. Hallelujah. Okay, the the first lady actually said it all. Um if I'm gonna add to it, it probably will not make much difference. Somebody to whom something has been entrusted, maybe care of something you know, has been entrusted to the person based on trust, based on friendship, based on character, based on
0: good antecedents. Fantastic. That's correct. You know, based on trust, based on the qualities that the person needs to have. Thank you. God bless. Yes, go ahead, ma'am. Right there.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What comes to my mind is um, people you You can give up something for I in someone you can verge for that he will not let you down that's what comes to my mind. That's it's correct.
0: somebody that can take place of you that can take charge in your absence. so I have it in my notes, which are what you're going to have a, a feel as long. I said guardian, somebody who can be a guardian to you, somebody who can be your executors you know when people do wills, you have to trust those people to be executors, representatives you know your agents your 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 deputies, people that you can entrust you know. Stuff on. So, um, the, the, we, we attended a service, and I can't remember very well, but I'm sure my wife knows. We attended a service. That, I'm not sure if it was pastor, but a long time ago. It couldn't have been less than six or seven years ago. And the preacher was saying that, you know, um, as I said, my, my wife knew I would have asked her. You know, that's a different story because she can say, why didn't I ask her before I came? The reason I didn't ask her before I came was that, and I'll, I'll say that at the end. So, the, 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 the preacher said, Everybody here, you know, especially if you have families, husband and wife, when you go home today, sit down together and say that if both of us, for some reasons, are no more all together, who can we entrust our children, you know, in their care? You know, and, and, and he said that, and we went home. As I said, I couldn't remember if it was pastor or if it was somewhere a long time ago when we were abroad. So we went home, and we knew immediately the people that we couldn't entrust our kids on, even family members. You know, we knew those we could do, I, mean, I, I mean, entrust our kids, our kids with. So, back to the reason why I didn't ask her before I came. She had been under the weather on Monday and Tuesday. Serious one that she couldn't even leave the house. So, if I go at that time to ask her that question, she'll be thinking, are you saying I'm going to die? So, so, that's why I didn't bother to ask her even though I know that I needed the information. So, that's, that's what's trusting. So, the next question is, which is discuss a question. Do you have anyone you can entrust your life with or with people and what what make them to qualify for that position do you have anybody in your life you can say i can entrust my life with you and what are the qualities you see in them that that makes them qualify anybody i'm going to call right now anybody i try not to call husband and wife because you say something that say anybody that's outside your husband or wife that could be trouble later anybody you know, anyone that you know that you have, you don't have to mention their names, but you just need to say, yes, I have this pe- this person or these people, and these are the reason why, you know, um, 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 I'm, g- I'm going to use them. Anyone? Nobody? So, you want me to be calling? Anybody? Come on, let's make this interactive. And So, no one here has anybody that you entrust, that you can say, these are the people you want to go, please give the lady that spoke the right time a mic. (laughs) No, help us. You don't have anyone. You don't trust anybody.
1: Okay. um, For me, I'd say two people.
0: You don't have to mention their names. Just say why they qualify.
1: Okay, one, because... Okay, let me just say who it is. My mom.
0: Okay. For obvious reasons.
1: Okay. You know, she can give up her life for me. And... um, The second person is, well, I have a friend who is a very good friend. And, I mean, we've been going on and off for years, but it's, I think we've gotten to that place where I can actually beat my chest to say, not like I trust the person. I mean, God is the ultimate, but I can say this person, I can actually vouch and trust this person.
0: Thank you very much. God bless. Please, let's clap for her. So we, we have people in our life that we trust, but they have to meet certain minimum requirements and certain, certain standards. So the same way we're going to the direction of God's trustees. So let's do our Bible reading. Um, we've read this, this place before, but please put it up. Genesis 39, verse 6 to 10. We're just going to read it quickly. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. That means he trusted Joseph so much. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. So that's the story of Joseph. We know the entire story and what ended it. Now, you know, um, the, ki- the, 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 the Joseph, I mean, what's it called? Um, Joseph was in charge. He was totally entrusted by his master. And here comes the temptation and all that. But the other thing he did was that he was, his reference was to god you know not only to his masters but his reference to saying that who am i going to sin against the person he 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 was he was i mean you know holding on to the trust of, of his the most is god so i have a short story i'm going to tell please bring up my powerpoint it's a short story of a gentleman called shedding and he's from costa rica costa rica is a central american country um towards the Caribbean. It's a small country. It's about 5 million people, 50, 51.5, 51 square miles, which is like from here to Jabode or to Shagamu. Um, please, can you put up the slide? And this gentleman was one day going on a, um, uh, I think he was, was a farmer. So was, and this country has a lot of beaches. It's, you know, it's, it's stretched around by beaches all across. So he was going on a, uh, 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 one of the, um, along one of the beaches, and he found a crocodile. And that crocodile has been shot in the face by um, a, a era you know, the headsman. It's not only in Nigeria. It has been shot in the face by a, katur- by, by a era And the crocodile was 69 kilograms at that time. That's about the weight of my wife, just to give you an example. You know, I'm not giving her an out. So, that, she was, the crocodile was 65, 69 kilograms, so how heavy the crocodile, I mean, but at that time, it was still a baby. It was shot in one of the eyes and couldn't see. Please, can you put up the slide? So the guy and his friends, they took the crocodile and they, that's not what I want. First, the first page. They took the crocodile and they took it home. So they took the crocodile and they took it home. And um, for six months, this guy was feeding the crocodile uh, with medicine. He was even sleeping in the same room with the crocodile. This thing's supposed to come up one page after the other, but it's coming up together. Anyway, so he fed the crocodile. He nursed it. He taught the crocodile how to even eat food. You know, he was he was, he was, he was nursing the crocodile. I mean, unbelievable. Please go to the next one. So, to, to, to encourage the crocodile to me, so f- and he said, Fruit, what, food wasn't enough. The crocodile needed my love to regain the the will to live. That's what the guy said. And he kept it in a pond because he didn't have a permit, but eventually he got a permit, and he named the crocodile Pocho. So, and the the, the crocodile improved in health and all that. And then he released the crocodile to a pond nearby, you know, after it's reached age, just for it to go to go to resort his life out. And the following morning, the crocodile came back and stayed in this guy's um, veranda. The crocodile came back and stayed in the, in the, uh, in, in the veranda of a uh, um, shedding. Please keep going. And then, so what he did was that because the crocodile decided to come back, then they became friends. So the, uh, he became a member of the family. And prior to that time, because of the time he spent caring for that crocodile, the, the, the first wife left him and said, look, you better be married to this thing That to marry to the, fr- the first wife left him. You know? And so for over 10 years, after that relationship, this record guy that weighed well over 500 kilograms, and this guy, they became show performer for majority of people. This information I'm telling you, when you go home, go onto the internet. It's not a hit, It's not. It's, it's on the public domain. You know. So they became friends. So they were they swim together. They do everything together, and people will be watching. This thing was well over 500 kilograms in size. Go to the last one. That's the first one that you show. This picture you are looking at was a real picture. It he wasn't, it's not a photo shoot. So, they became best of friends. Now, when you look at that story, you, I mean, this is, a, this is an, I mean, an unbelievable relationship between a man and a beast that is taught to eat and kill people. Now, by the way, nobody else could go into the, they didn't try it, but they knew that nobody else could go into the, um, into the, into the, into the, into the waters to swim with the, with the, with the crocodile. So, when you look at that story, please, you can take it away. When you look at that story, and you look at the story of John, so we're going back to our question and answer. The first question I have is that, what do you think is common to these two, two stories? Quickly, I need somebody. What do you think is common? Anyone? Anyone want to go? What do you think is common? Come on, help me. This is an interactive session. I'm going to be calling names. What do you think is common to the two stories? Joseph didn't want to sin, didn't want to offend God, and there is a monster that became a man's friend. What's common? Pastor K? What do you think is common? Please help us. And then the second question is um, I need somebody else to be thinking about why did the crocodile come back to the guy? Why did the crocodile? Why did he come back to the guy? i I would say it's
1: trust you know um joseph trust joseph believed his master trusted him and did not want to break that trust and again god had uh, god had trusted him which was why god even allowed his master to be able to trust him and he didn't want to break that trust um I, i think it's the same thing that um i would say the crocodile was thinking he didn't want to break the trust that's the, the, the guy, the fellowship, the affection, the love that uh, Shedden had showed him over the years.
0: Thank you. Fantastic. Please, let's clap for him. Now, that's, I mean, it's, it's just trust. You know, Joseph wanted to the honor the trust of his master and also the trust of God for him. That's what he wanted. The crocodile became, the crocodile was named Choco, um, Cho, Chopo, became Chito's friend. They became best of palace. Monster became a man's friend. In fact, if you go and read on the internet, the story went on that they were together for over 10 years. The crocodile died at the age of 50 and Chito, you know, had a family burial for the crocodile. The, the pictures are all, all over the place. So, my next question is, what cemented their relationship? What made their relationship to be that, you know, to be that close? Anybody? What, what, what brought their relationship together? Anyone? Want to call names now? Anybody? Please, give Fortune the mic. Fortune, what do you think brought their relationship together? Um, I'm thinking fellowship, care, uh, communication. Yeah, that's that's the summary of it. Love. Because Cheeto showed love to the crocodile. And the crocodile wanted to be forever, you know, grateful so we're going to run through quickly now i have this question and i think we need to talk about it does human respond the same way if not why not does human beings do we respond the same way that the crocodile responded is that how human responds anybody why are you usually helping us all the time okay pastor nina wants to go please give her the mic anybody else you know does human respond the same way that crocodile responded to chito
1: Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I think it has to do with um, different types of people. Because I can remember that there are people that I have been kind to that have responded properly. There are people that I've also been kind to that it was like I didn't do anything. you know, And there was no appreciation. There was no connection.
0: There was no relationship. So I think it has to do with individuals. Human beings are different. Thank you very much. Human beings are different. It has to do with individual. And that's correct. But most of the stories that I've read that are similar to this for animals, they've always responded the same way. Another one that is in public domain where a couple that found a lion in a Long time ago. I'm talking of well over 40 years ago. And they took the lion home. And the, when the lion became too big for them to, to care for, they took it to South Africa and put it in a wild zoo. Those guys went back there three years later. When the lion saw them, he came and jumped onto them and brought the whole pride. And they stayed together. So animals respond to people because we have a will to do whatever we want. We don't respond the same way. And finally, what, was, what do you think motivated the, 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 the guy when he saw the crocodile that was shot in the face? The only thing that could have motivated him was the saving of a life. You know, he saw a life that was about to be taken away prematurely, a little thing, and he didn't want that to go away. So, if you compare that to what Lord Jesus Christ did for us, Chito did a lot, took a lot of, um, what's it called? Chito, I mean made a lot of sacrifices. But it's incomparable to what the Lord Jesus Christ did because he came down from the throne from heaven to come and die a death that is not worthy at all. So, if you look at that, it's totally incomparable. Now, as Christians, how are we responding to that that Jesus Christ, Lord, has gone for us? How are we responding as human beings? You know, the crocodile was extremely grateful forever for life. But we, if we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, how come we're not responding the same way? So, but that's, that's part of our discussion tonight. So, quickly, Pastor um, Pastorina has helped us. And, and in your notes, it says that, do you, do you know someone or do you want to share an experience? But, I mean, she has answered that. People respond the same way. So, tonight, we're going to go straight into the, the, main, the main discussions. The world is broken. There's no doubt about that. We're in a world where what people are looking for is fame, power, money, and that's all we are looking for. And unfortunately, as Christians that we are in the world, most of the time we are carried away because of all these things, and we are joining this, the world that we are supposed to be a light unto, but we're not. We're joining them. Because right now, just like it was in the days of old, God is searching around the earth on a daily basis, looking for people to send around as trustees for Him. You know, at the defining moment in the world, I mean, in 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 the biblical world, at the defining moment at every point in time, God was always sending somebody as a trustee in a very defining moment. And we're going to look at those few examples of those trustees. Now, one of the things that makes us, I mean, as I said, is money, power, and fame, and all that. And really... The church or the capital let us see church and us should not be part of that. That should not be our focus. Our drive and our focus should be what the Lord Jesus has done for us and what can we give back in return, irrespective, because this world is going to pass away, irrespective of how much we have. Now, there's nothing wrong with having money. The Bible says it's love of money, it's the love of it that is evil. And also, the misconcept, you know, one of the most misconceptions around is that they said, uh, money answered all things and that's fine. You have to look at the context as if Solomon was saying that. Solomon was saying that because at that time other kings were not looking after their kingdom and Solomon was saying that if you provide this people will be well, people will be good. Yeah, money answered all things but I'll tell you tonight that money does not provide all solutions. I can provide you an answer but I might not be able to provide you a solution. If you have money and you are sick you will get the best medical help but that doesn't mean you are going to be healed. So, the only person that provides all solution is Lord Jesus Christ. So, that we need to put in our mind all the time. Thank you. Money does money answers all things. Fine. It provides answers, but not solution. It can lead you to where you can find um, the solution, but it's not what will give you the solution. Look at so many testimonies that we've had in terms of healing. Can money provide that? No. So, why are we as Christians... Are focusing away from what we're meant to be following, and we're you know we're so engrossed in this world with these people. So quickly, I'm going to go through. I mean, what I'm going to go through now are the things that we've done here over and over again. They're just three factors, and I'm going to run through them quickly. And what are these factors? That's what's going to establish a relationship with God. Number one, you see, your outline is that God created everything. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to talk about that. We just finished God of all creation. Genesis 1 and 1. There's no doubt in our mind as Christian, God created everything. We didn't, we didn't come by bank, you know, as some historians or scientists will say. The second thing is that God owns everything. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You know, we did that when Pastor taught Psalm 21, Psalm 24. So there's no point, you know, going through that. But also, his ownership includes so many things. Our intelligence. Daniel 2 19, let's let's put out 19 to 21. Whatever that whatever that we have, our intelligence is God out. So look at this. This is where the king had a dream. He didn't even remember his own dream. And Daniel needed to and, and Daniel needed to you know to interpret the dream to, to the king. And he said, During the night, the misery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised God for heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God for everything and every go ahead, every and said praise be to the name of god for every forever and ever wisdom and power as is wisdom and power is and he changes time and season he deposes king and raises and raises others he gives wisdom to the wise to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. so whatever knowledge whatever wise that we have is inclusive of what he owns with us and also he owns our skills and our ability you know we don't have to read that, but I'll just read it quickly. He said we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If you give, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So. Everything that we have in, skill, I mean, in skills and ability, God gave it to us. And also, our capacity. The Bible says that he gave the capacity to make money in Deuteronomy. We know that. So, even when we have ability to do anything and capacity to make money, God gave it to us. So, when we, when, we, when we have this in our mind, then that relationship of trust, of God and trusting to us, that we are just custodian, it will be in our, it will be in our brain. And, if, and the third one is, God made man trustee of his property and he owns us too. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So, we are in the earth. Therefore, God owns us. He owns everything. Let's read um, Genesis 1:28. I would like to go there. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the bears in the sky and over, keep going, everything living creature that moves on the ground. So that is the assignment God gave man first time, and trusting the ownership of the earth in our hands. So that's at that time, God created all of us to be trustee. So understanding all those three points, I think is very important. If you can pull up this scripture, I don't think it's in the notes, 1 Corinthians 6:19. Do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We are both. We don't own ourselves. We're totally lost and we're bought by the blood of the Lamb. We need to put that in our mind for us to, to I mean, as a trustee to God on earth. So, quickly, we're going to go through biblical history and we're going to see a few trustees and the reason we're doing this is that honestly you know we 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 wake up on a daily basis we go to work we 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 we're looking for money we're looking for business everything that you are looking for if god calls you as a trustee of his and you obey all those things is going to come the fame is going to come the provision is going to come the finances is going to come as a trustee of god if you yield yourself to be a trustee All those things are going to come. And the first guy we're going to look at is, at the time, God was tired of men. He was totally upset. He was pissed. He was angry with men. Please, can you pick up Genesis 6 7 to 9? And he he said, He was done. I'm done with these people. But in the midst of that, so much that was going on around the world, there was somebody who was around and was willing i mean who was around and god identified to be different and we read the story so the lord said i will wipe from the face of the earth the human race i have created and with them the animals the best and the creature that move along the ground for i regret that i have made them but noah found favor in the eyes of the lord this is the account of noah and his family noah was a righteous man keep going blameless among the people of his time and he worked faithfully with God. Now, what we're looking at tonight is, what were the qualities or what were the actions that God trustees at the defining moment in the world? What were the qualities and the actions they took? And that's what we need to replicate in our life and make ourselves available as God trustee. We know the story very well. So, the first person is Noah. What were the things that came out in that passage that we can see? Everybody else was doing something different, but Noah was different. He was a righteous man, he was blameless, and he worked with God. And honestly, if you, if, you, if you want to really look at it, you know, pastor talks about his grandmother a lot. And we just, sometimes we don't know what that means. If you don't want to look at it, Noah inherited that from his grandfather. Let's, let's read the a, um, a Bible, a Bible passage. Genesis 5, 24. Genesis five twenty four. Walking close fellowship with God then, one day, he disappeared because God took him. And you know who they were talking about? Enoch. That's Enoch. After, I, 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 I will read uh, the version I have. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years, and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 35 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more. He, because God took him away. Noah got his family inheritance through his grandfather. So, whatever behavior, so what inheritance are we leaving for our children? Now, generally, I mean, people, we, we, we read the Bible and we say that uh, a good man leaves inheritance for his, his family. And when they talk about inheritance, you know what comes to mind? Wealth. Money. Fame. No, that's not what it means. That's not the only thing it means. While that is part of it, living a biblical kind of inheritance for our children is more important, much more important than that. It's not about money alone. It's about, it's about living God inheritance for our children. And we're going to read it in the Bible. So please bring up Proverbs 13, 22. I want the MSG faction and I, I need it. Um, the NLT. MSG. A good life gets passed on to the grandchildren. A good life. That can been interpreted in so many ways. A good life is for you to be in Christ. But look at the second one. Ill-gotten wealth ends up with the good people. So, what he's saying is that if you are wealthy and you are not a good man, your inheritance is going to go to the good people. Please bring up the NLT. Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner wealth passes to the to the to the godly so what does that mean it means that living and inherit a godly inheritance for our children is much 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 important than living money or living wealth that is ill-gotten so ladies and gentlemen Noah got his inheritance from his, fa- his grandfather what are we living for our children what are we going to leave for our grandchildren it's not only about money about fame it's about living godly inheritance. Praise the Lord. So Noah also showed and then um, working with God requires not only obedience but righteousness and it leads to favor with him. Because Noah was righteous and he was obedient as well. Because if you read Genesis 6-22, it says Noah did everything just as God commanded him. So if you look at for Noah to be entrusted with this, with the world at the point of which he was entrusted with the world he was righteous, he walked with God and he was obedient and honestly finally the covenant the, out of the gratitude because Noah also showed gratitude, that's what led to the covenant and God said I am not going to destroy the world with water anymore. Let's look at Genesis 8:22. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, taking some of all the clean animals, birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasant aroma said to, his, said to his heart, never again will I cross the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy the living creatures as I have done today. Now look at that. If it's today that Noah had saved people like that, when it comes out, it's going to be selfie. It's going to be tweeting. It's going to say, I'm the one. So everybody, you need to come to me. You need to bring offering. You need to go and and say thank you because I saved you. No, Noah didn't do that. He was humble enough to acknowledge that God saved them and he went to show gratitude. And his gratitude led to a a covenant. And that covenant is part of what makes the world not to have ever been destroyed ever after by God. So, what are the characteristics that Noah, I mean, Noah was a significant person at that point. It was a defining moment, and God was looking for somebody to say, I mean, to at least take away the people that will will be left in the world. So, that's the first guy we're going to look at tonight. And if you go to Hebrews, you know, there's something I call the faith hall of fame. You know, faith hall of fame. In Hebrew, A lot of people were mentioned. And Noah was one of them. He was in the faith hall of fame that was mentioned in Hebrew. Praise the Lord. The other person that we need to look at, let's read Matthew 18 to 25. I'm just going to paraphrase. I'm not going to read it because of our time. Time is a bit past pen. It's Joseph the carpenter. But bring it up and I'll look and I'll just read two two, two verses. Verse 19. We know the story. Because Joseph... Her husband was faithful to the Lord and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. That's number one. Number two, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Please keep going. Keep going. Okay, I read from mine. So, if you go to verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to his son and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, this was a defining moment in the world where Christ was going to be sent into the world and guess what somebody was married to a human being that Jesus that God was going to use that person has some it must have some qualities and if you study Joseph Joseph was not a rich man he was a carpenter he was a poor man he was a moderate man but he was entrusted with a woman that will bring forth our Lord Jesus Christ and he did two things number one when he found that the woman was pregnant and he wasn't responsible he didn't want to disgrace her in public. He was just going to let her go quietly. That's the first one. And number two, when he was spoken to by the Holy Spirit, when, when, I mean, by, by God, when he slept, he did exactly what he was told to do. So, Joseph was not only obedient, but was also very compassionate. Joseph was not only obedient, but he was very compassionate. He obeyed God and also because he had compassion in his wife, that's why he did not I mean, he did not want to expose that publicly. And, you know, when you talk about compassion, I would like to say that you cannot miss compassion for correction. You know, that's one of the things that we do. You know, that we have compassion on our children or we have compassion on our family does not mean that we can't, we can't correct them and we can't point it out to them. I mean, something, something happened this week in, in, in my home. Um, my wife was, was not sleeping well for like four or five days, spent four or five hours continuously, and occasionally when that happens, she tends to, to have cold and I always say that, you know, we can't do that. That's not that's not, you know, we don't we have a lot of things to do, but we need to be do it gradually. So but I didn't say anything. So when she had the cold, she didn't want to tell me because she knows what my reaction was gonna be. So she told me, eventually I found out, and the next thing I said was that well, Jibai told you, he said, yeah, you're being judgmental. That's the first thing she said. You're being judgmental. I said, No, it's root cause analysis we have to correct don't do that anymore so the following morning of course she was upset fire for fire she went to bed i went to bed but to show compassion the following morning i woke up and i made a cup of tea put all the things, and i carried upstairs while she was still sleeping put it by her bedside and i went to walk and that is compassion because she was sick i was compassionate you know to, to to do to do that so there's a difference between compassion and correction praise the lord Thank you. So the next guy we're going to look at is, um, well, on my note he says compassion is a nature of God that is mandatory for His trustees, and we have a lot of Bible passages that we can read. Mark six three four, Jesus had compassion on the people. So, you know, so to to be a trustee of God, we are not only going to be obedient, we need to be compassionate, and we need to be trustworthy. So the next guy we're going to look at is a great guy, one of his greatest guys in the Bible. And that's let's look at 1 Samuel 16:7. First Samuel 16:7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at him at things, at things people look at. People look at outward appearances, but look at the earth. Here, you know, David was going to be anointed king, and they brought everybody in the whole family, and they didn't find anyone until they said, The guy said, You still have another one. Let's look at 1 Samuel 17 34. So, at the defining moment in the, in the life of children of Israel, it was a defining moment in their life. Somebody, I mean, imagine, I'll put it in today's, in, in today's world. Imagine somebody comes to the gate, and he comes with. Um, traditional, whatever, and say that anybody in GFH, come out. If you know you know your God, you have the power of God, come out. That is what the children of Israel were going through at that point. And everybody, I mean, they just, they just cowered up. They were, they were worried. But there was a young man in a defined moment in the history of children of Israel who stood up. You know? And where did he put his trust? But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his faith, his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, keep going, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against, you. no, no, that's not, you didn't finish the first um, verse. Okay, let's read the first time I will read that. The Lord who rescued me from the, the paw of the lion and the power of the bear will rescue me from the hand of these Philistine. Then, 1 Samuel seventeen forty-five. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and spear, javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, the day the Lord will deliver you, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Now, David went into that fight. At that point, that was the only person that could save the children of Israel. But there's something that is different about him. So what we need to look at him is that, please, can you put up my slide and you go to the next one. David and Goliath, they were no match. But both of them had different qualities. Please, can you put up a slide? And we're going to look at what they had. And we'll see what the difference was. So here was a, a, a young guy that has never been to war before. That was standing in front of a trained warrior and was 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 talking and telling the guy that look I am going to I'm going to I'm gonna have your head cut off today. All right, they don't they, seems, they, they don't seem to be able to pull it up. It's the same slide that you pull up the other time, that same one. You go to the bottom of it. So in 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 strength, David didn't have physical strength. In armor, you know, he didn't have. In equipment, he didn't have; he had nothing. On the other side, um, Goliath had equipment. He had okay. Here we go. Here is David. Here is Goliath. Battle experience, David had none. Goliath had battle training, none for David. Goliath had resources, you know, all kind of javelin and all that. David had none. Goliath had subskated equipment. What do you use to go and fight a war? Shield. You know, armor. David didn't have any. Goliath had. But what does the two of them have something in common? Confidence. They were so both. They were both confident that they were going to win the war. Why Goliath had confidence himself, David had confidence in God Almighty. The beginning and the end. The one that was, that is, that shall ever be. Thank you. God bless. You know, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And his confidence and trust in God was what made him to differ, I mean, to to, differ, to, to, to defeat Goliath. So, in whom are we putting our confidence? In whom are we putting our confidence? The only person that the host of heaven and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that can entrust his situation into his hand is one person that can put his trust in him. That's the quality that we need to look at from, from, um, from David. Absolute trust and confidence in God. Gives unwavering courage. David was courageous because of his confidence in God, which leads to deliverance. Absolute confidence and trust in God Almighty. So, to be a God trustee, you need to have confidence in God. Let me tell you something, people. Just like as it was in the days of old, God is looking for people in our families, God is looking for people in Lagos, God is looking for people in Nigeria. God is looking for people in Africa that he can send forth as his trustees for different situations around the world. Are you, I mean, you and I, are we going to be that person? Are we going to look at all this quality we have discussed tonight and we're going to say, I'm ready to go, Lord. And finally, we're going to look at another gentleman. Well, we have two to go. Genesis 39. Number nine, verse nine. No one is greater in this house. We've read that before, so I'm not going to read. This is Joseph the dreamer. You know, Joseph was one talking here, the, the story that we read before. Joseph had an unwavering loyalty to God. Not only that you have confidence in God, you have to be absolutely loyal to God. Joseph was extremely loyal to God. Because his master trusted him, he didn't want to defy that trust, but primarily when he said, should i sin against god so his loyalty was absolutely to god not to his masters alone so for us to be entrusted with wealth money fame anything in this world god needs to be able to have our loyalty because when noah finished he didn't go about you know um um screaming and yelling and taking selfie and declaring his fame he went to, to, to sacrifice and thank God. He gave all the glory and returned it back to God. So, Joseph had, you know, an unwavering loyalty to God. And also, also, when his brothers came, we know the story. Joseph was compassionate and forgave his brother. Forgiving is, I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's a very difficult thing to do, especially from people that are close to you. But for you to be entrusted to go forth for God and lead and deliver people. Because when they sold him into, the, into slavery, they didn't know that he was the one that was going to deliver them. But God made that happen. So when they came back, God knew ahead of time that this guy had a good heart. Pastor was talking a few weeks ago and said, everything is in the heart. And because of that, he forgave them, he was compassionate to them, and he helped them, and they were there for, I mean, over 400 years. They came from where, the, I mean, there was farming in their land, and that's why they came. So Joseph was compassionate and we can see all the all the um, all the um uh, the verses you know Hosea sees, Hosea sees, he said for i desire mercy not sacrifice acknowledgement of god rather than burnt offerings so we need to be compassionate we need to have mercy on people even when they have done us wrong and they come back and we're in a position to do them good we just have to be merciful for god to be able to put to entrust into our hands you know as a trustee of, of god Please, the last slide, is how you put up. Abraham Lincoln said something in that last slide. If you go back to my slide, please put it up. He said, I've always found that mercy bears richer fruits than strict justice. Meaning that, you know, sometimes, I mean, or most times, we need to temper justice with mercy. If you go to my last slide, you'll be able to put it up. And finally, the last guy we're gonna look at, and we're not gonna spend so much time on that one. Because we've done a lot of work on it. John 1 27. Yeah, this is Abraham Lincoln saying, I've always found mercy bears richer fruits than strict justice. So we need for us to be a trustee of God, we need to have we need to be compassionate and be merciful to people that are within our troubles. So let's look at John 1 27. Though his ministry follows mine john was talking you know we, we were doing john we're studying john i just want to read it i'm not even worthy to be a slave and, and untie the strap or his sandal if you have been coming to tribe you understand this pastor explain to the detail now if you don't understand this please go back and listen to the tribe the last the last um three that we did prior to the last week and this is john you know, and John said, oh, "Behold, the Lamb of God." Yet I knew Him not, and all that. This is the guy who was his cousin, but he was talking as if man. He was saying the right thing, because he, so if you are not so for us to be able to to achieve and to be entrusted with things of God, we need to be humble when we have to be. If we don't have humility, we're not going to be entrusted with things of God. So John acknowledged knowing Jesus, despite the fact that they are cousins. I mean, acknowledge not knowing him. That's when the pastor was teaching. He said he didn't know him. Humility and acknowledgment of the Messiah helped John to complete his assignment. So finally, on our teaching tonight, for you to be a trustee or board of trustees of companies, for you to be a board of trustees of any organization, for you to be a board of trustees of an individual, you need to have a certain pedigree. You need to have a certain qualification. You need to have a, You need to have done something to earn it. But to be trustee of God, all you need to do is to accept Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. There's no. I mean, He called the the, the unqualified and qualifies them. So you don't need to be a master of arts. You don't need to be knowledgeable. You don't need to be a graduate. You don't need to be knowledgeable about anything. But as long as you acknowledge that Christ died for you on the cross of Calvary, then you'll be able to be a partaker and share in being a trustee for God, Jesus Christ. So please, with all head bows and all eyes closed, if you're here tonight and we've been talking all day, and you're wondering, how am I going to be a partaker of this that we're talking about? That I don't even know this Lord Jesus Christ we're talking about. I don't even know this God that I want to be a trustee for. It's an opportunity. What Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary was much, much than what Chito did for Pocho. was much more than what the, what, what, what the, what the guy did for the crocodile. Christ came down from heaven and stooped, on the, stooped solo on earth and he, was, and he died a painful and a very excretion death just for you and I. So tonight, if you want to know this God, just show and raise up your hand and say, I want to be part of this kingdom. That when the time comes, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, I'm going to be part of it. Just raise up your hand where you are. You don't need to come out and a card will be given to you. I'm here tonight and I want to give my life to Lord Jesus Christ. If you are raising it up, you have to raise it very well so that I can see it and say that I don't know this God, but I want to acknowledge God as my Lord and Savior tonight. Just show me your hand, by show of hand. Anybody? Anyone? Father, I will thank you because we all that are here tonight are saved and the Lord God has lodged us right. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. So, we are back to that's all I have. Question and answer. Anybody? Any question? Thank you. Thank you. Any question? All right. Go ahead. Please, give him a mic. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Sir, so I want to go back to the story of Jacob and Esau. Okay. Before they were born, God took one of them to be his trustee. Come again, please. He took one of them to be his trustee. Yes. That is, um, Jacob to be his trustee. Yes. Sir, so I want to ask a question. What is the criteria of making God selective about his trustee? Um, I can't tell you that um, I know that, but I'll tell you something. Two weeks ago, pastor was talking about changing things. So, all I, could say, all I can say is that while I didn't know why Jacob was I mean, um, Jacob was chosen ahead of Esau, even right before birth. but if Esau had followed the footpath of the Lord, he could have changed, he could have prayed, he could have acted in a way where he won't be subservient to his brother so he's all knowing God I mean just the same way that Joseph was chosen ahead of all his brothers I can't tell you that but if we if you if you have if you if you come across by any chance that you understand that you seem to not to be the chosen one even in a family you can come to God and you can change that you can pray and you can speak. So to answer your question, honestly, maybe pastor comes. He can. He, he knows that. He knows that. But is there anybody who can say that? Who say he can say that? He knows why Joseph was chosen ahead of. Um, I mean, Jacob was chosen right from the womb ahead of his soul. No, I don't think so. He's all knowing God. He's the one that was, that he ever be. Nobody can question him. The same here. He was yesterday, today, and forever. He will be. If anybody has any other answer, please show your hand. Anybody? Does that help? Somehow. We can take it to pastor. Anybody else? Any other question? Anybody else? Praise the Lord. So, we're going to go to commitment. And it says that, you can put it up. I surrender myself as a vessel unto honor for use as God wishes To be a reliable trustee for the propagation of his kingdom on earth. For use as God wishes to be a reliable trustee for the propagation of his kingdom on earth. Father, we thank you for your help. We give you praise. Blessed be to your name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord.